Welcome everyone to today's call in the Embraced by the Divine co-author series in which I interview various co-authors from my book Embraced by the Divine on themes that are of uh, relevance to the book and also interesting to people uh, just apart from the content of the book. So today we're going to be talking with Linda Murray. She's written a most delightful chapter in the book and it's called Peewee My Kelpie Mate. It brings me to tears every time I read it, even though I've read it umpteen times in proofreading the book, in editing the book and so on. It's a very, very powerful chapter and it's also the only chapter in the book that deals with our relationship and our special bond with animals. So um, I'm Michelle Mayur. I'm the compiling author of Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose. And you can find out more about the book, how to order it or pre-order it, depending on when you're listening to this call, at www.embracedbythedivine.com. So it's embracedbythedivine, that's all one word, uh, .com. Uh, I co-create transformational energetic shifts in people, especially women, who are ready to make a bigger difference in the world. I assist people to dissolve limiting beliefs and energetic blockages that, so they can step fully into their power, passion and purpose. I'm the founder of the Heal the Healer community and my private healing practice in Melbourne, Australia is Angel Wings Healing. That's Angel Wings Healing, or one word, dot com. And I see clients around the world via Skype and, and phone as well. So Embraced by the Divine is a book that was angelically inspired and it's designed to inspire women around the world to believe in themselves more and to feel that no matter what challenge or trauma life throws at them, there's always a chance to turn it around and to grow from the experience. There's a real rawness, authenticity and vulnerability of each and every one of the co-authors in this book. And the, the underlying message from each of these co-authors is around if they can do it, then you can too. So I'd like to tell you a little bit more about um, Linda Murray and she's going to be talking on quite a mouthful for a topic. It's called Embracing Your Personal Power for Empowering Health and Nutrition in Plants and Animals. So I've known Linda now um, for the last few years. I actually uh, first came across her as a client. I'm not quite sure how we met. I think it was through one of the free scans that I offer on uh, certain teleseminars that I speak on. And I saw in her something very special uh, and it was for that reason that eventually I invited her to be a co-author in this book because I thought she had a very valuable story to tell and very special expertise and I certainly haven't been disappointed. So Linda lives in Australia after migrating from New Zealand and a life that she spent with animals through farming, working in teaching and training it's given her a wide variety of skills and stories, not to mention her time working on large construction sites, just as a bit of contrast there. These stories are also part of the technique she uses to teach confidence in recognizing and tapping into messages you receive day to day. These messages can be brought through thoughts, your pets, or even just the events of your day. Linda teaches the choice of earth-friendly ways and energies for step-by-step -step human and soil nutrition for health and vitality. Healthy soil is our legacy, our lifeblood and our conduit to health. 
and her knowledge hub, her website is www.carbiculture.com. That's spelled C-A-R-B-I-C-U-L-T-U-R-E.com. So, welcome to the call, Linda. Thanks for the intro, Michelle, and uh, it always makes me smile when I hear about the youth-friendly farming and gardening, because that really is what I'm about. Absolutely, and we've been blessed to experience you writing your beautiful animal stories, which you do so well, uh, and that's your gift to us in the book. But this is slightly different today. We're talking about the extreme importance of the health of the soil. The health, if the soil is not healthy, we're not growing healthy produce. The animals aren't healthy. We're not healthy. So it goes right up through the food chain. So I know this is a very special area of expertise for you. I can hear your dogs barking in the background. So um, first of all, just tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved from both a practical as well as a spiritual level with animal and human health through the the soil because I know your story is probably a little bit different to most people's. Yes, Michelle, it it goes back to I grew up on a farm and we had, you know, horses, sheep, cattle, dogs and cats and I always had a, I always got along well with animals and I just thought it was normal because, you know, my dad was like that too and um, the area I grew up in was high-quality horses and we always had healthy animals, and the key being healthy, um, we very rarely had a vet visit. And this healthy was a key item that would you know, become so important to me now because that was the key that got me on this. So, yeah, so I spent a lot of my time outdoors, but I, I loved reading. I um, read every book in the our little primary school library that we had and I went on to high school and um, yeah, just kept reading and always create creative with knitting and sewing and things and yeah, so I uh, got my first horse when I was 12 years old. I'd always been allowed to ride the farm horses and got put up on my horse with my dad as a toddler and so yeah, my very first horse was called Sadie and that connection would last for 37 years. Wow, and, what a beautiful connection. And, yeah, she was a magical horse. And in those days, we did a lot of horsemanship because I came from a big horse area. You know, we had polo and polo cross and pony club and anything to do with horses, but we always had a horsemanship side. And one year I won this event that had been going for over 15 years, and I was the first person ever under the age of 18 to win it. And I had no idea how special that was. And my dad had the similar connection, and he also was a problem solver. And and so I just grew up thinking this was usual until I went to high school and then on to my working life, and I found that, yeah, we were actually thinking a little bit different. Yeah, so, so it sounds like your dad's been a big inspiration in your life. He he was. He's, he's passed over quite a while ago but um he, he i everything i do i keep getting flashes back so i think dad dad is alongside helping me quite a bit sometimes yeah sounds like he's supporting you from the other side yes yeah so 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 yeah so so with all of that we we had um healthy animals and then i came over to australia and eventually i, I rode other people's horses and um then 
um, I, I noticed this an excuse. Um, I, I actually still live on a property, so there's actually people moving around the outside. So, <laughs> oh, so real it gives a real feeling of authenticity with the dogs barking in the background every so often. It's a real rural, rural sense. Yeah. So, so anyway, Michelle, I suddenly noticed um, more and more animals, like horses, and particularly cats and dogs with cancer. And and I wondered about that. You know, I was just wondering about it. And you know, because I thought back in New Zealand, we had all healthy animals on the farm. And then in the last five years. Um, my beautiful mare called Sally got cancer and then that was where my journey really, really began and that's when I also began to realise how many animals have been teaching me life lessons including life and death. Okay, so how... Uh, tell me a little bit more about that connection then between uh, your the passing of, of Sally and so what? How did it link in to the kind of work that you're doing now with the, the soil and the um, combining soil and energy work together? Right. Well, well, Sally, um, we actually imported both her father and her mother from different areas. You know, within within a few hundred kilometres or miles of where where we were, and cancer, um, cancer appeared in the tissue in Sally's eye, and she was only seven years old, which is extremely young for a horse. Mm. And and a few years earlier, Oliver had, had I'd actually had a tiny lesion removed off his third eye, and you know I just thought well, that was a bit unusual, and um, but anyway, it, it healed and he was fine. And so, so I never made any real link. No, no real alarm bells went off. But when, um, you know, because in New Zealand, I grew up in, like I said, in, in huge horse country, and I'd only ever remembered cancer in one horse, and his name was he was a polo pony called Sailor, and um, of course he travelled a lot. So you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, he would have got a lot of outside feed. You know, it had to eat a lot of hay and stuff. So, so our country, you know, you could, you could liken it to the Kentucky country in the USA. You know, really nice country for horses. So, so anyway, so with Sally got the cancer, and um, we um, worked with her, and I was working energetically with her. But she would, she was very erratic. Like we would nearly get better, her I would almost heal, and then we'd go downhill. Then she'd nearly get better, and we'd go downhill again, and then. Um, it was it was so sad because I really really wanted her to get better and it was sort of a bit of ego thing and then I finally saw that Sally wasn't quite moving and you know she was just dragging her feet and she looked like she'd just lost a few kilos and her sister came up and it was like they were saying to me how much longer are you going to let Sally go on you know Sally wants to go let Sally yeah. pass over so yeah, so um, we did. We passed Sally over. Twelve months after twelve months, and because I won't let them suffer, and that turned out to be a highly spiritual event, um, which became another story, which I wrote, which is actually the free um, gift, which will also 
likely make you cry. <laughs> so that's oh, yeah, look, I'm terrible with anything to do with <laughs> animals and, and, you know, grieving. I'm just a, a complete mess. I'll, I'll cry at the drop of a hat with as far as animals go. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading your free gift and, and that's one of the bonus um, gifts that we uh, get when... Uh, you, you sign up and, and purchase the book. So, and that will be there not only just on launch day, but it will be there on an ongoing basis. You'll have access to that, um, well, for as long as you have the book and as long as you have the, the link, basically. Okay, so um, I just wanted to query you too. You're talking about doing your soil and energy work. Now, I know what energy work is, but just for those people who are not... Um, perhaps too sure what what do you actually mean by energy work what exactly were you doing in terms of energy work with Sally I was I was using a, a variety of different things I was actually um, using a system to release her emotions like we I would just ask her what her emotions were because I was I was just connecting with her I suppose soul if people want to use that word and, and getting messages, and I was also um, running running energy through her body, like running energy to me and through her, that you know to to heal her cells and and give her cells back their life force. And um, so, and and also using intuitive means with her. So okay, so it's, it's like a bit hard to explain to me, Michelle, because I do. Yeah, do different things. Yeah, you've got a lot of natural giftedness, haven't you? And I suppose it's the same with me. Sometimes when people ask me how I do something, it's, well, I don't really know. I just do it. It just comes through me. Um, so it sounds like you're pretty much in the same same boat rather than saying, oh, well, I was doing Reiki level two on her or something, you know, very specific. It's more like just about using your intuitive gifts and what you've learned and combining that all together for the best possible outcome. So that I, I suppose that's actually quite a good segue into uh, how you're working with um, the soil because I know from my own personal experience with working with you you've stayed at my place you've seen my completely oversized suburban garden and all the fruit trees and veggies and everything that I have growing here as well as a multitude of flowers it's just absolutely beautiful and you know I've been creating this garden for the last 25 years as a labor of love and I've amassed a lot of expertise in the uh, you know while I've been doing that but you come in with a whole other level of expertise about you know you can just see from the look of the plants what's missing in the soil um, you know how much hydration the soil is capable of holding if there's enough worm activity all these uh, you know things that are happening below the soil that we don't usually get to know about so easily from what we're seeing happening above the soil so I'm with the, the work that you do with assessing soil quality, and I know you're doing this in quite a big way now um, through rural Australia and, and elsewhere, what skills are you using? Are you using your intuitive skills? Are you using skills that you've learned through your education, your training, your upbringing on the farm? Or are you using a bit of everything to make your, your magic to improve the, the soil quality? Because I know that from what you've given me for various parts of my garden, it's made a huge difference. You know, I didn't think things were bad there before. They look pretty okay. But adding your stuff, it's like, wow, you know, there's so much more vibrancy in life. It's an increased life force in the soil. 
and and that that's the key, Michelle. It is life force, um, and I yeah I do this. I, it, it it's a lifetime experience of living on farms and things. And even though I went into construction and worked in banks and things, I've always been able to sort of look at look at things and and um, just just be able to recognize so that's what I'm teaching people you know like you can even hear animals and things and and you can tell and and the colors of plants and the way their leaves look or you know it's it's the same happens in animals how they you know how their leaves are facing or the ears are facing um I also do plant communication and and the soil and you get messages from your animals around you I mean they don't have to be uh, how, how am I going to say this? You, you don't have to expect them in a certain way. You can just have things happen, and that's actually a message which you may not recognise at the time. And there's there's your pets. They they can be giving you messages about things outside. You know, it's really quite funny once you get to know them because it's just recognising it's it's in everyone, and it's your personal power. And once you walk into it, because the soil is is a living entity, the same as we are, and they, and the soil is. I look at it as a parallel to us. Like the the grass and the plants that grow on it are the are the skin covering, you know, like our clothing, and the we have cere, um, cerebral spinal fluids and which hold mineral for longevity, and that's part of the problem with our food today. We don't have enough minerals. And so, you know, the spinal fluid flows those minerals around our body. Well, the soil is, is very similar. It has bacteria and fungi which flow and move the minerals all around in the soil and the earthworms move it around. So there's, there's these easy parallels that once you just get the grasp of it all, it's, to me it's quite simple and I like to keep it simple. Yeah, I like um, the way I, you I, explain I, that. I'd never really thought of the soiling in quite that way of, you know, the, the plants and so on being like the skin covering and the, um, you know, the soil itself being like a cerebral um, spinal fluid to, to when it's in a healthy state, allowing the nutrients, the minerals to circulate in the soil so, and unlock them so that they're actually accessible for the plants to use. Yeah, yeah, well, see, without without minerals, Ourselves, we get viruses. Without minerals in the soil, plants, animals, even the soil gets viruses. You know, and the soil breathes in and out just like we do. It tends to, um, it, it breathes out during the day just like we do, like we sweat, and overnight it breathes in. So it takes, you know, and that's why quite often, here's a tip, that, that we mainly do our... Um, foliar and fertiliser in the afternoon because that's when you get most benefit because it's got all the way through from later, you know, mid to late afternoon depending on the temperature, all the way through the morning and you know, I mean, when it's in super cold areas it doesn't it's a slightly different application but that, that's how I see, you know and just like we are affected by sun and moon cycles, so is the soil, so you know, it's a very very nice um, parallel and and so that's why I find it so easy to use etheric energies as well. Like I get the, this is going a little bit woo-woo maybe for some people, but um, you do work with the moon and the sun and the 
the clouds for the plants. You know, they they know all these things, and it's just natural for them. It's just not for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, without sort of going too off into the woo-woo at this stage, <laughs> uh, you know, from some private conversations we've had, you know, some of the things that you talk to me about in your work and the influence of the elements and how they can be shifted and so on, it's quite... Um, it's quite mind-boggling. So, yes, quite different. Well, I suppose a lot of the stuff I do is quite mind-boggling too, but I'm used to that. So it's it's what we're comfortable with and what we've got a experience with, and you've got enough experience now that you've got so much evidence and feedback of uh, how things really do work when you get the condition of the soil right, and then everything can flourish, and you see that. It's It's like... You know, I'm obviously very sensitive to energy and I go to a place where the soil is healthy and you just feel the life force, you feel the happiness, you feel the joy in the plants, you feel them bursting forth with vitality and, you know, just wanting to bear beautiful fruit and, and flowers and vegetables and things. It's just completely natural. It's what they they do when the conditions are, are right, when there's the moisture, when there's the nutrition, when there's the sunshine, you know, it's it's all all good. So yes. um, I'm just I, was looking... just I was just going to say, Michelle, that um, just to put it into perspective, there's always been the saying about people with green thumbs. Are you familiar with that? Oh yes, a lot of people have said to me, "I've got a green thumb." <laughs> yeah. So 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 what it is, it's just it's just a way of saying that people have those people have a great connection with nature and and are communicating without necessarily knowing it. And it's the same with farmers who are, people wonder how do they always get the fertiliser on, how do they get the hay in before it rains and all those things. They just have a connection whether they know it or not. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it takes I, the woo-woo out of it. <laughs> yes, I guess when you look at it that way it does. You know, for me going into the woo-woo, I, I go around my garden, I, I recharge in my garden I've, energetically. I've... Um, find that I get, uh, you know, I will get messages from plants. I will just suddenly get uh, an intuitive flash or, you know, be told quite openly what it is that they need, whether they need some iron or some calcium or whatever it is. You know, I will just get the messages. So I feel that very strong bond. And I don't mind talking to my plants and telling them how beautiful they are. And I, I feel that that aspect, that perhaps slightly woo-woo aspect, but that, that energy of love coming through is also incredibly powerful in the health of the um the the soil and the plants and you know the entire ecosystem so i'm just uh, looking at the time i'm just wondering to um would you like to tell us a little bit about how you came to be writing your animal stories because you've got the beautiful story about peewee your kelpie mate which is in the book and obviously get it you know some tissues ready when you read it uh, for me um, there's a snake in the book. I'm not going to describe what happens with either Peewee or the, the snake. But I honestly, I cried when the snake died as well. I felt really sad. And I don't even like snakes. Uh, you know, Linda has a really incredible way of writing. Uh, maybe it's because of all the reading you did when you were younger, but you're a really, really good writer. The stories are very powerful. So how, what, what was the trigger for you to, um, to be writing your animal stories? Well, Sally, I, I actually wrote a very condensed 
book about Sally, and I called that, I mean, a book, it was just, I don't know how many words it is, but but it was very condensed. It was just a few pages, and I called it Sally, My Teacher, because it was a very spiritual event. And at the time, I, well, I still am in this secret group on Facebook, and I, it was my very first story, so I, I put it in there. Um, I asked and put it in there, and um, the lady behind the page said, yes, that would be good. And the most amazing thing happened. These four women, this is mainly a women's group, and these four women in there all opened up and told their stories about abuse and basically released all these emotions. And Because they'd had, you know, and they were talking about some of these people had hidden these things for 30-odd years, and I was sort of amazed. And um, and then, and then um, well, in the story of Pee Wee, when, well, Michelle, you know, then you got that big nudge from the universe, and you said, I need to write a story for you, and so I wrote the Pee Wee story, and um, because that that actually is a lot about what I do, I received intuitive hits. There was messages from wild birds, and and the most special thing to me was the, uh, receiving a physical gift from the universe, which I will treasure forever. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, and it still almost makes me cry too. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's a really beautiful story. And it's not just the story of Pee Wee, it's also the story of your growth through the experience because it was obviously extremely traumatic and there was a lot of other stuff that was happening in the story, not just talking about Pee Wee. And I really like in the story the way you talk about needing to go into your heart to be in that space to receive the clear guidance Otherwise, if you were in that space of being judgmental um, or you know, just not in your heart space, you weren't open to receiving the guidance that was there all around you for you know, where you were to look for Peewee, where you were to, to, to find her over what was absolutely a huge area. So uh, for me, you know, one of the high, like there's a lot of really good stuff in your chapter, but I particularly like the, the teaching part too, which is about you know, coming into your heart space and operating more from your heart space and recognizing the difference between when you're in your heart space and when you're slipping out of your heart space. So recognizing that and coming back into your heart center, it's an incredibly powerful lesson for all of us to learn. And, uh, you know, the, the first time I read the book um, or the, the chapter, I was thinking, okay, yes, now I was very, very vigilant about, okay, now am I fully in my heart space or have I slipped out? And, you know, I was really bringing myself back into my heart space. And each time I read the chapter, it reminds me to do that. I find now that I spend a lot of time in my heart space anyway because it's a lot more natural for me than it used to be. And part of that has obviously been the really simple technique that you include in the book for people to come into their heart space and to, to recognize when they're in their heart space versus when they've slipped slipped out and they're just back in the, the headspace or in the, the space of, of judgment. So that, you know, there's so much in the story that's really, really good. Um, also, I believe that you've had a bit of a follow-on from the Peewee story as well, so that uh, you're now doing something slightly different to add to your ever-extending repertoire of things that you do. So tell us a little bit about your latest venture. Yes, um it's it's a lot of fun, Michelle. I just, I just got this hit to do these. Um, it's a colouring book, and and it's going to be okay for um, children, but it's mainly at, um, aimed at adults. And it's about um, 
Australian spirit animals and their messages. And and at the moment, I'm actually um, completing the drawings myself, but they're they're actually going to be a surprise because they're in a special format. So, and I'm also developing a program, and it's got a bit of a mouthful of a name as well. At this stage, or this is just a summary of it, it's returning to balance and understanding natural farming and gardening cycles and systems because this um, this this actually is the underlying solution for overall health of our plants, ourselves, our animals, and basically Absolutely. the whole planet. Yeah. It all sounds really exciting. I'll be very glad to see the finished product when you've got it ready because I just know from lots of talks with you privately that the level of expertise you have around the the soil and the health of the soil is just incredible. I've never known anybody who holds so much knowledge around the the quality of the soil. And you know, you only have to walk around a particular area, and you seem to be able to pick up pretty much instantly what it is that that area needs. And I know you pick that up in a multi-sensory kind of way. So, yeah, you're one one very very gifted lady. So that was one of the reasons I was very keen to have you as part of the book. And of course, knowing your expertise with writing so your, your stories are really beautiful and for people who are wanting to know more about the book uh, if you're listening on the webcast on the webcast screen there's a, a, a button where you can click through you can get more information about the book uh, depending on when you listen to this uh, teleseminar you can get um, you can either pre-order the book you can just get the the free opt-in gift to go on the the uh, names register so that when the book is available to pre-order you can get it or if you're listening to this when the book has actually been launched which is on the uh, 10th and 11th of December then you can just go onto the website and order the book directly and also for Linda's website it's com. By all means, go and visit her website. Um, there's a lot of information there. And for anybody who is an avid gardener or just fascinated about the health of the soil and how it impacts our health, even as humans, as it comes through the plants and the animals, by all means, have a look at Linda's website. Lots and lots of great stuff there. So thank you very much for being on the call today, Linda. It's been most informative. And yet I highly encourage people to visit Linda's website and also to really check out the book. Uh, There's so many different kinds of chapters in the book and all of them, whether they're around health challenges, whether they're around financial challenges, moving through layers of fear, um, menopause, there's a whole whole lot of different things within the book. the, the underlying message is always about you know the women who've written these chapters being very honest, authentic, raw, vulnerable, in order to inspire people, motivate people to follow their dreams, follow their passion. Because if these women can come through what they went through, the crises they went through, then you can too. Almost certainly you can too. So if you have a vision, a dream, something that you've put on the back burner maybe as you've raised your kids or whatever else it is, something you've been wanting to do since childhood but never got around to, then don't put it off any longer. Just go for it. You don't have to wait until you receive that final diagnosis of X months to live, which hopefully you know you won't get for many, many decades yet, if ever. But 
don't wait until it's that time you know to do your bucket list make your bucket list now get started do those things that you're passionate about if there's something driving you at a soul level to make a bigger difference in the world to start a new project to just do something extraordinary even if you're not getting that support that you want from family and friends just do it anyway because if the the calling is strong enough in your soul it will get louder and louder and our book Embraced by the Divine is designed to inspire you to motivate you to just go for your dreams to just do it take that leap of faith and find out you can fly thank you everyone for attending today's call and thank you to Linda Oh, thank you, thank you, Michelle. It's it's been an honour and blessing to have a chapter in Embraced by the Divine, and my absolute pleasure to be on the call with you today. Thank you. Thank you. So I think it's that time where we say goodbye to everyone. So goodbye, Linda, and goodbye to everyone from me. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hello.